again and welcome to the Les Represent podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything lesbian and lady loving queer. We talk about our experiences, our stories, our just about anything and also above all representation and what it means to us. Today I have a super special guest. We've done a lot of coordinating scheduling on our part, but uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi everyone, my name's Bright. I live in Sydney, Australia, and that's why we needed coordination. Yay! Because we're 15 hours apart, <laughs> but fully willing to get up very early on this morning to speak with you. And willing to stay up late, so that's all good. Yeah. All right, so tell us about yourself. Tell you about myself. Where do I begin? Uh, well, I, as I said, I live in Sydney. Uh, I work in the arts, uh, currently in arts education for a little institution called NIDA, the National Institute of Dramatic Art. Uh, and I've worked in the arts all of my life since I left high school many years ago. And yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I live in a great little town. So, which which portion? of the arts because the arts is such a broad subject yeah they are it is it is primarily in theater so uh when i when i first started i did a lot of musicals so like your, your big budget musicals i've worked for companies like uh disney um camera mcintosh so done done musicals like phantom of the opera and the lion king and and uh, the big shows like that so your big budget broadway musicals when they're produced out here in australia uh, but now, as I said, I, I work in arts education, so I kind of I run theatres. So NIDA has uh, has six theatre spaces, and I, I run those um, from a technical perspective. So the back of house stuff predominantly, and uh, yeah. So when I was doing shows, I, I was what was called a mechanist or a head mechanist. So for anybody that's listening that, that is American or English, I was a carpenter. Uh, or a stagehand, depending on which country you're in, um, and a lead carp or a lead stagehand. Uh, so I used to put the shows together and I'd get them to tour and take them around the country. So it was pretty cool. So you were setting up the backdrop and making the backgrounds and doing, all, of course, I imagine yeah. so much more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so all those backdrop stuff. Um, on the big musicals, you get a lot of automation. So, like, you have a lot of scenery that, that is... Uh, uh, automated, which which means that it, it's it's run by machinery basically. Um, so we we build all of that, we build it into the stages, we make it all work, and we make sure that the people that operate it are, are the right people for the job. Thank you so for we're, explaining. We're kinda, <laughs> <laughs> I can't give away too much, you know. There's like all these secrets, but okay, all uh, the stage magic you can't you can't give <laughs> right. that away. It's smoke and mirrors. It's all just smoke and mirrors. So. But yeah, so that's what I that's what I did in, in, when I was doing theatre shows. But yeah, so predominantly theatre and predominantly musicals within theatre. Wow, how do I find established people to talk to? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so you've been doing this a very long time. Um, I bet you have lots of fun stories you can tell from them. <laughs> They're not very PG thirteen. I no. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like it's 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 kind of a it's kind of an interesting uh, industry in a lot of ways. Like it's in, in Australia, it's pretty small. Uh, we don't have a huge industry. We don't have enough uh, population to sustain it. So um, you know, we each state kind of has their their state uh, theatre company. So like the 
for New South Wales, which is the state that I'm I'm in. It's it's the Sydney Theatre Company. That's our main theatre company, uh, or STC. So Kate Blanchett ran STC for a few years with her husband Andrew Upton. Um, brought a lot of money into STC, so it's a well-funded theatre company, which is great. So they do a they do a lot of great shows, um, and every state has that. And then there are there are producers that that put on the the bigger shows that tour around the country, and some of them will go to uh, then go to New Zealand and Asia because that's kind of our local broad market. Um, but it's it's expensive to produce theatre in Australia, so uh, we don't have a lot of people that do it and we don't have a lot of population that go to it. Um, so there's it's a small it's a small industry. So we kind of all know each other, even though we might work on the other side of the country, kind of know what everybody's doing. Uh, which is great because it gives it, it certainly gives it a sense of being like a, a family, but it's also bad because everybody knows what everybody's doing and, you know, it's a gossipy kind of thing. You, you'll get together with people and it'll, all they'll do is sit around and tell stories about what somebody else is doing in some other state or who somebody else is doing in some other state usually because they're all gossip queens at the end of the day. Oh, my God. I feel you. I live in a small town and that's just – that's – completely small town mentality it's just like everyone knows what everyone's doing yeah and everybody thinks it's their business to know what everybody's doing which I always struggled with I I was never really interested in that like it's um it's kind of I'm kind of a a fairly self-contained person so uh, the idea that uh, somebody in Perth knows my business is kind of not not distressing, but I don't like it. It's like I don't want them to know what I'm doing. But it's, you know, that's how we are as an industry. We're sort of, we're like a small town, basically, yes. I grew up, the, the, the town that I grew up in before I moved to Sydney is quite small. So, um, you know, I kind of understand that in that, you know, everybody knew what everybody else's business was. So, you know, literally would gossip, the, the, you know, people would gossip over their back fences to each other. So, mm-hmm. that's that's the uh, that's the arts industry in Australia. It's a small town. Wow. I I did. I have nothing to compare that to, just because I did theater for two years, and two years of high school theater does not compare to someone's career uh, in in the arts. It does not. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of it can in a lot of ways. You know, it's all it's all the same thing. No, I mean I've been very lucky to to be able to make a career out of it. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of people that don't get that opportunity. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful to have had the, the longevity in my career that I've had, um, you know, because because it is a small industry. So there's, there's not necessarily enough work to sustain everybody that wants to do it. So to have been able to, to do it uh, for as long as I have is, has been great. And, I, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And... You know, I don't ever take that for granted, along with a lot of things that I don't take for granted. But, um, but yeah, so it's I'm lucky in that regard. I know a lot of people that aren't as lucky. So, so particularly I'm, actors, God, I would never be an actor. You would never That's, be an actor. It's just like you want to be behind the stage no. always, never in front of it. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I've, I've got a fairly healthy ego, so I think I could be a good <laughs> actor. But you know, it's it's more, and then, and by good, I mean great. But, like, it's more about the fact I wouldn't want to do auditions. Like, the audition process is just hideous. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they get up every day and put themselves through that kind of um, critiquing by people that don't know them. So, 
it's it's a really intense thing. I, like you did two years of high school drama. Did they put you through auditioning for the for the school plays? <laughs> I mean, technically they had to. It's like let's be real. They already knew who they wanted to do it. It was just that they wanted <laughs> yeah. to make people feel like that they had a choice, <laughs> feel like that they had a <laughs> they had a way to get in there. And it was just like. Mm. No, I knew from the second that you announced it that you were just hoping that one person would be like, yeah. Well. Like, you don't just stage, well, I mean, you I don't guess stage the same 20 kids, like, all year round and then think, yeah, I just, you know, we're just going to put on a random play and just hope to God one of them's talented enough to do this. <laughs> I don't know. Look, you kids can grow into things. Uh, maybe. Hopefully. You know? No, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't have a particularly uh, strong drama um, group in my high school, so I kind of just went from uh, experiencing. Look, so like I, I um, have worked in commercial theatre since I was 18, uh, 18, 19. But uh, prior to that, like I was exposed to a lot of a lot of uh, the arts through my family. I come from a, a theatre family, but um, you know, so. I was, I was exposed to a lot of particularly community arts stuff and, and uh, performance art. So, you know, people literally putting on shows in the middle of a town square without any permission to put that show on. They were just doing it because, you know, that spoke to them. Um, and that, that's kind of what I grew up around. But um, so I, the, the fact that there wasn't a, a, a drama uh, course or, or group at my high school wasn't really an issue because you know I sort of had it there so I knew what it was in order to then get into it and I, I didn't you know go through a, a, a tertiary education facility like like NIDA we, we do technical courses so I, I could have but uh, I kind of chose not to by the end of high school I didn't want to do any more education stuff I'd, I'd had enough so I just went straight into working in the industry. And, I, you know, again, very lucky to have gotten a job straight out of high school in a, on a commercial musical. So. so how did you get where you were? Like you said, it was a very narrow industry and there wasn't a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. How did, it, how did you sink yourself a seat? Uh, I literally answered an ad in the newspaper. So um, Phantom of the Opera had been playing in Melbourne for two years and, and uh, they decided they were going to take tour it which was great, uh, and they advertised for staff here in Sydney and I'd been working odd jobs after high school just to make sure that I was paying the rent and the like and um, saw the ad and went, oh, theatre is something that my family's always done and this sounds like something I could do. Uh, so I, I applied and, and had an interview and got a job in the props department. So. That's where it all went downhill. <laughs> so, so your family's always been doing this, you sort of say. It's the second person I've interviewed where their family has just always been in the arts and it seems to just go with that. But uh, how was your, your life growing up with an artistic family? Um, it, yeah, I guess we were, we were a funny mix of, of artists, coal miners and fishermen. So I kind of had a, I kind of had a bit of a weird balance in there. Um, there, there was a lot of, uh, on, there was a lot of, um, emphasis on, on me to, to potentially pursue a performing career. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, so I'm fifth generation Australian theatre, but I'm the, the first 
of those generations to work backstage only. Um, the rest, you know, like we go, if we go back to my, you know, great great grandmother and and um, that era of my relatives, uh, they were performers, but they also produced their works and they, you know, would would do small touring shows. So they would do everything, you know, because it was the 1890s and that's how you put theatre on in Australia. Um, that's how theatre on in pretty much anywhere in the 1890s. Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, so like I, I was the the first one to to focus on the the backstage aspect of the stuff. Um, so it was as a as a kid, there was a lot of there was a lot of pressure on me to to be more in the the performance part of it. You know, my my grandmother uh, was she'd she'd been a vaudevillian until she'd gotten married. She got married quite young, but as as you did, um, and I think sort of. Well, she didn't regret getting married and having children. I think she regretted having to give up the stage in order to do that. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of pressure on me to 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 try and emulate that that performance stuff that she never got to fulfil. Um, so you know there was there was always that like you know she taught me to dance and to do song and dance routines and and all that sort of vaudevillian kind of stuff that she loved. Um, and I had an uncle, her uh, youngest son. She had six children, three boys and three girls. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, there, there would have been more, but unfortunately she lost a couple because um, times were hard. Uh, but my uncle, who was uh, the performance artist and, and, you know, was a choreographer and a, and a, a painter, and it was just very artistic in general. He was, he was off, you know, doing all the the on stage stuff and you know there was always that kind of you can go and do what your uncle ron does ronaldo oh, no. um but yeah that that sort of changed a bit when i was when i was a teenager because um well we moved away my, my mother and i moved away from the family area and, and moved to sydney and um so there was a little bit of distance between that but um and i did do a bit of performing when i was a teenager you know it was I was in the the high school rock band and all that kind of stuff, like it was that, that kind of classic thing. So I think that sort of that that fulfilled Gran a bit, you know, that that sort of that need to to have someone in the family continue the the performance aspect. And then when I I finished and started finished high school and started working in major musicals, there was a little that she was happy enough with that. I think but she always kind of wished that I I performed more, but um, but yes. Yeah, so like as a as a kid, I was I was more sort of exposed to. Uh, that's more alternative kind of arts through my uncle and the pressure from Grant to perform. So, you know. Did I hear you say you were in a high school rock band? Yes, I was. What What did you do there? <laughs> um, I was I was the singer. I was the lead singer in the high school rock band. Do high schools have rock bands over there? Or was this just like an independent thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. Um, yeah, no, there's actually, there was, I don't know if it's still a thing because I, I don't know any kids that are in high school because I, what the hell is the children? Um, <laughs> but they, there used to be a band comp and it was, it was called Battle of the Bands and it was a, like a high school rock band, band competition. What and the? we used to go in it and not win, but you know, it was fun. Why do, why does America not have that? 
That's I, not fair. I, I'm surprised. How do you not have that? I thought that that would be something that American high schools would 100% have. Well, there's a lot of conservative busybodies here that I would imagine is like, you can't be a rock star. Rock stars are like not wholesome or some crazy crap because you're allowed to do marching band, which is very military in a way, but you can't do... That's not fair. I mean, I have no <laughs> musical talents at all. That is not where my talents lie. I can't sing. I can't hold a rhythm. I can't tell you what instrument is what, but that's not fair. Just to pick up on that, everybody can sing. You sh- like, singing's one of these amazing things. It's so cathartic and so good for the soul to do it. And I really hate it when people tell people that they can't sing because, you know, maybe they are tone deaf. Maybe they can't hold the pitch that you want it to be. But if it works for them, you know, let them do it. I, it's Everybody can sing. Maybe just don't do it around me, though. But, but you know, <laughs> go for it. Well, I... You know, that is a very heartwarming statement, but I feel like my wife would contest with you just because she's heard me in the shower and she knows, <laughs> she knows for a fact that it is, it's not a thing. My, I can sing one song good, just one single song. Well, That's because I've been singing tell, it for years. But <laughs> Please tell me it's Toto's Africa because like <laughs> that would just be amazing. It's, it's actually Sandman by the Cardinals. It's, it's older than that. It's the only song I that's can a, sing no, well. And that's that's it. a great song. I love that song. I it will be my top favorite song for the rest of my life. So I I don't know. It's the only song I can sing well. It's the only song you get me to sing in karaoke if things aren't auto tuned, and that's it. It's nothing else. That's you can't. not really a karaoke song, but I mean, hey, who am I to judge? I, I do I the Nutbush City Limits as my go-to karaoke. So I mean, I only play my song at least when it's after like eleven o'clock, and I know a lot of people are already wasted. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, well, it's a good song for that time of the night. Exactly. I mean, it's on the karaoke list. It's not like I'm making this shit up. It's not like you can do that shit by request. I guess you can in some places. You could. I haven't. I haven't done it in a long time. I'm just. Dude, awful. I've sung all sorts of things at karaoke. Trust me, you can do it. You could just. <laughs> you could do Sandman a cappella. Like I, I can see this now. Uh, I'm sure they would appreciate it. Um. Well, yeah, I I am so mad. I am so mad about that. Like, there are so many, like, granted, America has this amazing thing where we like to idolize, like, literally everything. It's, I'm sure that happens all over the world, but America, I can only speak for. But, like, I can only... You guys invented it. You invented that whole celebrity idolization thing. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating and amazing, and I love it. But I don't know why we did it. I don't know why we do the things we do. But it's just like, could you could you imagine <laughs> that? Could you imagine that? There could have been there could have been a possibility. Like I can only imagine that being the new pinnacle of the cool kid is oh they're the singer in the rock band, like that's yeah. Look, I'm mad. No lie, I was I was pretty cool, but <laughs> also super modest. Um, yeah, no, it's it's totally it's totally a thing. Well, it was like I said, I, I don't know any children, so it's not true either. I lie. Um, <laughs> I don't know any high school age children that might be in a rock band that then did Battle of the Bands. But yeah, it was it was really popular all through my my high schooling years. So so was it like was it like you know you had certain music that they would give you and you would play it, or was this like you could Good. make up your own? You got music? to choose your own songs, man. Like you could. 
we I think we had you had three songs that you could do at each you, comp. You could do three. And then and then yeah. We had a huge repertoire. We used to play at like the local pubs and stuff, even though like we were all underage. No one seemed to care it was the nineties. Mm. Um it was the very early nineties actually. And some of the late eighties. I'm really old, have I told you that? Uh, um, it's okay. <laughs> oh not really. Uh Again, modest. Um, yeah, no, we used to play at some of the local pubs. Like, and I went to – I live in the suburb where I – I now live in the suburb again where I went to high school. So, like, the pub, my local pub is, like, a pub that we used to play in. I hope Doesn't... nobody is there to be like, hey, you remember when you used to be over there to do this? Dude, I run into kids that I – they're not kids anymore because we're all old now, but <laughs> I run into them, like, on the street, and they're like – that's how they remember me. They're like, you used to sing in the band. I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but damn. Stop talking to me on the street. <laughs> like, who, like, I don't, like, it's just weird. It's like, uh, like when people on Facebook friend you after you haven't talked to them for like 10 years. And it's like, no, I do not want to talk to you, Sally. I don't think we were even <laughs> friends back then. Please, no. <laughs> Is your name really Sally? You know, like it's, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't remember your name being no. Sally. It's no, it's exactly like that. And like, or they'll be, they would have been a couple of years younger than me, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember you. You're bright. You sang in the band." And I'll be like, "I can't have this conversation right now. So You're like, let's go our you. separate ways." <laughs> you know, or they'll be like, "I'm such and such as little." sister and I'll be like am I meant to know them like yeah they were in all of your classes and I'll be like I don't okay I don't know how anyone remembers that crap at all like I can't I can't remember what I did last week let alone who was in my granted I graduated from a school that had like 92 people in my grade and I still don't remember half of those people like I don't yeah no and that's valid that's like I, I think that's valid I'm like I have a ridiculously good memory for certain things, but names and faces not so much. I feel the exact same. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so funny. People will come to me and be like, "Do you have, do you have information on such and such person?" And I'm like, "Um, what are they doing with us? Because I don't know people. Like, yeah, you'd be more specific. Yeah, yeah." Like I, I can, because we get a lot of, with what I do now, we have a lot of um, people that are outside of our organisation that hire our theatres because mm-hmm. it's part of our revenue stream and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, the, we get a lot of hirers that come every year and, and that's great, you know, because we've, you know, part of what I do is, is supply the, the technicians and, and, and um, service the theatres and so you know getting people to come back is a is a compliment to us because it means we're doing our job work, which is great but I don't remember the faces of the people from these groups from these client groups I remember the client I remember what their event was you know I can tell you what you know the songs were that were in their dance concert but I don't <laughs> remember the people that run the schools or the or their other clients you know it's it's a fascinating thing. I, I, I find it fascinating. I think yeah. that just means we're both business-oriented people. We're just, we're here to do the task. You know, we don't care who it is that has to come through here to do it. I mean, call us monsters, yeah. but I'm sorry. No, no I, I think you're right. I, you know, I think that we, we're focusing on the important things. People come and go. 
Moral of the story, kids. People come and go. <laughs> well, no. All right. Hard lesson here, kids. People are transient. They, they are transient things in your life. They do come and they do go. People don't always hang around. And, and you know, it's I, I'm a firm believer that people come into your life for a reason. And they come into your life at the time that they do for a reason. You may not know what that reason is at that time, and it may seem really shitty that they're there. But somewhere along the line, you're going to look back at it and go, okay, you know, that's actually what that was about, and that's what I take from that, um, or what you can take from that. But I, I think everybody comes into our lives when they're meant to, and then they leave our lives when they're meant to. Yeah. doesn't mean that it's any easier, but, you know, particularly if them leaving your life is them dying, that's kind of crappy and shit. And it's hard to find reason in that, but um, that's kind of a, a morbid way to end that statement on my views on people. Great. <laughs> hey, welcome to my brain. <laughs> welcome to the Bright Show. Uh, right. <laughs> Let me take you on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is all about. It's all about the journey. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway, I was in a rock and roll band. Yeah. So my, my impression of you being the cool girl in high school was absolutely correct. <laughs> I, I look, yes and no. I, I was for the last sort of three years of high school. So, uh, high school for, I think it's the same for you guys, but it's, we go, it's, there's six years. So the way we number it is, uh, year seven through to year 12. Yeah. Um, but I think you give it different names like you have sophomore years and oh I don't even know why we do that it's our high school is four years it's still it's still between the ages of like 14 and 18 but it's like why do you bother naming those years just say hey this is your last year of high school you get more privileges than everyone else like that's all you have to say like you don't need to name every one of these years like it's whatever I, I, it's taken me a long time to actually understand what each of those words mean in relation to where someone sits either in their, their high school or their, their college career, and I still don't really get it. So I'm like, yeah, like you, you have a junior high school, right? <laughs> so, Which I don't understand um, why. I, I mean, I, I know technically why they did that. They put them in different buildings so it's easier to do the funding so they don't make sure that children aren't like, like, oh, we're going to give all the money to, like, the seniors and not give any to the kids that are just coming into the school. I get why they did it. I think their system is stupid. <laughs> yeah, understanding it and agreeing with it can be two completely different things. I think they can find um, a much better system, but they won't. No, no, because that would take some kind of cohesive discussion. So, Might have to talk about and- something other than football for, like, five minutes. <laughs> Oh, come on, football's great. I love gridiron. Uh, Go the Packers. Oh, okay, good. Because I always be like, are we talking about soccer or football? Because that's a fun thing that I always forget, that we call it different things, <laughs> which I don't even know why yeah. we call it football. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me, because soccer makes more sense to be called football. Right, because you play it with your foot. Exactly. Um, and, and that's I, – I get that. But I – like, I'm an Australian, and as you know, obviously, duh. Um and we have several codes of games that are played with balls and everybody refers to all of them as football. And it's like, oh, that's, guys, that's, it's that's not, hard. this is confusing for people who don't know what the fuck you're talking about, which is most people that aren't Australians. Uh, go on. You know, in fact, Australia is pretty, 
Elusive? Is that the right word? I don't know. There's a lot of interesting impressions that come on about Australia and a lot of things that cannot be deciphered whether or not they're true or not. Why don't you you tell us of your Australia? Please, t- give us a grand tour. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Um, that's, yeah, okay. Well, Australia's kind of interesting. Um, everything is trying to kill you. That much is true. Fantastic. Uh, I'm on the right page so far. Yeah. Drop, drop bears are a thing. Don't start uh, so beware. <laughs> don't don't start do you, this with me. Do you ever do you ever put up slides with your podcast? Like do you ever like reference back to anything in a visual sense? I mean, I podcast? can do that on Twitter, but I just please don't. Please it's don't. like I can send you some I can send you some some drop bear photos if you want. Oh my god. No. What really devastates me is I can't. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish that sentence. No, no, I'm fine. You can. No. (laughs) What devastates me is that my brain's like, that's not a real thing. That's not a real thing. But for some reason, there's a part of my brain that's like, what if it is a real thing? (laughs) Right. Because you know that everything in Australia is trying to kill you. So drop bears could totally be a thing. I mean, can't you just say it's angry koala bears? It can't. It can't just be. It's just angry. No. I just, I just love that. Like, it, like people can know maybe one or two things about Australia, but drop bears will always be one of those things. Like, I don't like, understand where it started, but I automatically just want to like, just scold the person that decided that well, it was a thing they should spread because I'm just like, this is we, not fair. We're taught about all of these deadly things from a very young age because quite literally from the minute you can walk out your house, in fact, in your house, things will kill you. No. Um, so you have to learn from a really young age how to identify what is deadly and, and what will just make you sick. Um, and like drop bears, we're told about them from when we're like tiny, tiny people. And so, so this is like so a, this is like a boogeyman. Yeah, it is. This it is, is like don't poke it's... the koalas. Oh, look, you can poke a koala. They're so docile and stoned like it's it wouldn't matter like seriously I hate koalas like I they're a disgusting animal that's okay I don't like sloths either <clears throat> excuse me you don't like sloths I don't I don't like, don't like the, the three-toed sloths like come on man I mean I get it they're cool they're cute but like they're covered in mold so things don't eat them and then like 80 yeah. percent of the reasons that sloths die is because they're a tree branch breaks underneath them and they can hear it breaking. They just can't move fast yeah. enough to get off the branch. This is, but this is the thing with koalas, right? Cause you know, they're like, they're all riddled with chlamydia. Like, Oh my God. A, and, <laughs> it's true. It's this, it's this massive issue with um, koala, like whatever the fuck groups of koalas are called herds or family. I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't stand them. Um, but yeah, they're all riddled with chlamydia. Are you it's sure that's? Well, how does this happen? How do? It's, how I, do they get well, riddled with an STD? Like, are you talking about like okay. inside their body, or are they just covered with it? <laughs> well, they sit in their own shit most of the time, so okay. you know, it's just they're really a dumb animal. I just I got no time for them. I mean, I'm just glad to be having this conversation because usually it's me sitting here being like, let me tell you how horses are actually not majestic creatures and they should not be your mascot. You're just like, let me tell you how koalas are a piece of shit. All right. All right. Just on horses. Just be careful. I can be triggered by horses. I got bit by a horse when I was three. I've never forgiven the fucking things for it. I don't blame you. No, I'll send you a photo of the finger that it like bit. 
Whoa. You have a picture of that still? Okay. So we'll skip the horses because I don't want to trigger anybody here. But can you <laughs> yeah, tell me, tell tell me more about how you, your unbridled fury for koalas. I'm enjoying this. Uh, no, they're just, like, seriously, they have no purpose. They, they, I don't even find them pretty. Like, you know, you know how some animals are, like, they're, they're pretty but dumb. And that's okay because they're pretty to look at. A koala doesn't fall into any of that for me. I don't think it, like, poisonous leaves all day or something. I can't even eat it. Like, what (laughs) is its purpose? That's what I was going to say. Like, it eats, like, poisonous leaves all day, right? Like, are eucalyptus leaves, like, really bad? No, they just make them stoned. Like, I mean, they're not very good for humans to eat inside, like, meat. But you can't. Like, you won't feel very well. But, yeah, they, they eat so much eucalyptus leaf that the koalas are pretty much stoned the whole time. I didn't realize that, just, that, like, that those would stone people. I guess I guess it's like catnip, right? It's like catnip to cats. Like, it doesn't do anything to you, but, like, they are just, like, wasted the whole time? Pretty much. Pretty much. They literally just sit there and chew eucalyptus leaves and shit themselves. Like, what is this <laughs> animal's purpose? Like... I don't you know, know, and people make a living out of like studying them, and I'm like, well, that's like an hour of your life. That's <laughs> all you need. Koala sits in tree, eats eucalyptus, poops. Like that's 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 it. it. I love this conversation already. Yeah, I'm wondering that's, if I should just a... like when I'm talking about what this podcast is about, should I just like literally put a subtitle and her undying fury for koalas? <laughs> Oh no! I'll like, do I want to bring that kind of hate to your door? No, yeah. I will totally get trolled for it. Like, people adore them. I just—it's so people, funny. Absolutely, I love it. It's like dolphins. Like, I people adore dolphins, and I'm like, you don't understand how bad dolphins are. They're like one of the most awfulest creatures in the world, and you're just like, they're wonderful. No, oh, ten out of ten would eat a dolphin. Yeah, this is how I gauge animals. Like their usefulness, and would I eat them? <laughs> this is when you tell me you're a moral vegetarian and suddenly this is over now <laughs> no no like i i get it it's practical you're a practical woman that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah so, that's so right me, i'm a practical woman who likes to like eat meat so you know yeah that makes sense i mean do you, what about kangaroos how do you feel about kangaroos if my wife heard me asking you how kangaroo meat tastes she would probably bang down the store right now do. No, kangaroo meat's amazing. It's really rich. Like, it's a really rich meat. Like, and gamey. It can be really gamey as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a, Well, I say it's amazing. I'm not a huge fan of it because it is. it can be a bit too gamey for me, so I don't eat a lot of it. Um, but it's a really lean meat, so it's actually really good for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to cook it, it needs to be cooked really quick on a really high heat. Yeah. Now that's information like- I would never have gotten if I talked to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, I'm all about telling you how to cook our native animals and eat them. So, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, emu's good. Emu's a nice meat. Crocodile's good. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> so you live, in a, you live in a country where anything and everything could kill you, but you just want to make sure you could kill them back and eat them. Well, they need to, they need to understand that I sit at the top of the food chain. <laughs> It's, 
it's as simple as that, you know. Me, yeah. human, you animal. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I completely understand. We, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, we live in a country that everything can kill you. Um, so there's that, you know, getting back to the original question of what is my Australia, uh, <laughs> everything can kill you. Drop bears aren't a real thing, though. I'm, I'm going to shatter that for you. Thank you. They're not real. So if you do ever make it out here, you don't need to worry about drop bears. But you do need to worry about pretty much everything else. Um, so <laughs> um, it's yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a classic Australian girl. I like the beach in the summer and, and all that kind of stuff. We don't really have winter here. We we have snowfields, but it snows for like a week. That's about it. Um, I think like I've seen Texas. snow. I, I've seen snow like twice in my life, and I've never actually seen it physically snow. I've just seen snow on the ground. Um, it's, Australia has a kind of interesting and pretty shitty history. Uh, so, like, if you want to look at us from a from a, a colonization and, and political uh, background, it's it's not real good, and there's a fair bit of crap in there, um, and a lot that we need to continue to to make up for and and work for a bit of a more positive future. Um, but that's kind of branching into some political stuff that we may not want to get into here. I mean, clearly Australia is ahead of the pack because America still does not want to admit to anything it's done. <laughs> no, no, look, no, we're pretty bad. Like, so I, I know there's a, there's a lot of fear going on over there at the moment with, with the separation of kids, uh, like refugees uh. and their kids. We've, we've been putting our refugee children in, in cages for years. Like we started that years ago. Oh. Uh, we, we, we not only, you know, put them in cages, we put them in cages in, in islands that aren't serviced by water and, you know, like that's we've, – we've got a pretty pretty crappy um, history and reputation and, and current uh, policy on certain things. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, you know, you've you got a bit of catching up to do there with that. But um, And there's a fair bit of, you know, systemic racism and all that kind of really nasty shit, so – but I, you know, I take heart in that. Um, like I, I look at, I look globally as as well as as well as uh, nationally, and as the the generations coming through are a lot more uh, open to to positive change and and affecting positive change. So, and that's across all of those social issues, you know. So not just um, big stuff like you know, refugees and the treatment of humans, um, but the treatment of humans across all of the, the social issues. And, and that obviously branches into the um, LGB community as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of positive, positive change there. So, yeah, which is I, a good thing. I was, I was very surprised to hear that Australia hadn't had, well, I think you guys have gay rights now, but you didn't, you didn't have gay marriage before. And I was like, what? And I think no, this is because yeah, like no. the literal only thing I knew about Australia before this, other than the misinformation of drop bears, was the fact that you had an ice cream <laughs> called Golden Gay Time. We do, we do indeed have a Golden Gay Time. It is a spectacularly good ice cream. It's really good. Like it just blew my mind that you guys didn't have gay marriage yet, like while having that there. And I understand that gay has like a different meaning in different places, except that yeah. this is modern day time. I don't understand how that took so long. I know, yeah, no, we're and we had to we had to do go through this rigmarole to to have um, same sex marriage ratified on a on a federal level, and you know it's 
we went through a um, the, the federal government took it to a to a national vote, and it was just ridiculous. It's you know, it, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of con- conservative, uh, well, conservative rich white men that essentially run our our, pol- our politics, and you know, I mean that's slowly changing, and and it will continue to change. But they're they're sort of uh, exercising their their uh, muscle. Yeah, for as long as they can. So, we we have a um, we have a politician here um, uh, who has adopted the the Trump slogan of of make Ugh. Australia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Continue. No, yeah. Look, it's it's um it, the, he has because he's campaigning for his own uh, party. He's an affiliated with we we have um, two major parties. We we run a two party system here and. Um, he's he's starting his own his own party and yeah he's running on a on a Trump platform of Make Australia Great. It's uh, hilarious. It won't do very well. He'll he'll do well in in our in our more conservative, um, smaller uh, area electorates, but not beyond anything that's really worrying. It's it's more sort of humorous. I hope than so. Else. I hope so. Like a <laughs> lot. Uh, not going to yeah. politics. It's too early for me over here for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What do they say? You should never talk about politics and sport and religion. Isn't that the... Uh, I yeah. thought, well, yeah. sports, that should be added to it. But I think it's like you don't bring three things to the table. And that's um, it's definitely uh, politics, religion. And then the other one is changed depending on who you talk to. The other one, me, my, my mother's side of the family always said, uh, politics, religion, and holy water, and that's because they're strange. <laughs> and then, um, okay. I think I think my father's side might have said sports once or twice, and that's just because my family's literally divided into oh they like this football team and the other one likes this football team, and what do you know? They've been rivals for like a hundred years. Right. What do you know? There you go. Yeah, I mean we yeah it's it's always been a thing here, you know. It's, it's a polite conversation. Don't talk about religion, sport, and politics. I like to talk about all of those things. So, yeah. uh, I mean, at least you guys got the sport part down because it's literally like, like I don't know if you've you've seen the news, but it's like you can't go to a game in LA without there being a riot. And it's like this doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, it's just sport, guys. But like your athletes are paid ridiculous amounts of money to do it. Like it's because we value entertainment above all else. Yeah, fair. You know, well, I mean, it's it's an easy way to ignore the really big burning issues, like how you actually treat people. Exactly, but, and not. I, I don't know. Just America has like, people say it's the land of the free, but honestly, it's it's the land of making money off other people. That's that's pretty much what we are. I, I like how every time I talk to somebody internationally, it's like, let me tell you about what America's about, and it's like, Erica, please. Shut your mouth. This is not what we came here for. <laughs> you can't speak for America. Just calm down. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's go on to half. You know. I can tell you that not every American's pleased with America. Like we're we're not all very happy about it. No, and I I can see why. You know, there's there's some things that need to do it, but that's okay. It just it just gets me that like literally in my lifetime we have impeached a president just because he slept with another woman. 
Like, there was just allegations. They wasn't even proven that he slept with someone else. And he was thrown out. And yet it's like, this other guy can do whatever the fuck he wants. And he's still not getting thrown out. And I'm just like, somebody please just get up and vote. And get, like, it's not even, it's not even, that's not the problem. Like, there's a whole nother system that no one pays attention to. Let's not get into politics. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about happy subjects. Let's talk about gay things. <laughs> okay, talking about gay things because they're happy, right? I mean, the technically gay did mean happy at one point. Probably still does. This in is some true. Places. I mean, it, it's, it still does. I mean, technically, you look it up in a dictionary and, and it'll it'll tell you one of the meanings is to be happy. Exactly. So let's talk of, let's talk of happy gay things. So you said that ice cream is yes. delicious. It is. It's totally delicious. Would you say it's, it's, the, best, it's the best ice cream there? Uh, no, like mm. depends on the day, man. Like, don't make me choose. It depends on the day. Well, what other ice cream do you have there? Um, like we have cornettos mm. and drumsticks. Do you guys have anything like that? They like I mean, a, we have we like have a, something um, called drumsticks, but I can guarantee you, it does not look anything like your drumstick. Really? So I, I feel like you've done some research into Australian ice creams. Um. Once upon a time, I I uh, was part of the writing community, and I wrote with a girl that was from Australia. Man, that was a summer where I got no sleep whatsoever, and we just like went back and forth, just making fun of each other's country. And <laughs> I was just yeah. one of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so I am not very well informed. Okay, I'm I'm concerned that probably what you are informed with is incorrect. So. I mean, you we just had a whole five minutes feel about drop bears, so yeah, this you is would true. Be correct, this you is... would be correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. Like, so a, a, a drumstick and a cornetto are basically the the same ice cream, just made by different manufacturers, God and they're they're, a, they're they're a waffle cone. <clears throat> that then has like a different, you know, has flavored ice cream in it, and you can buy them prepackaged, and they're they're pretty tasty. I mean, that's uh, and we have that's ice we cream have like sure. we have splices. Like a splice is a it's it has a really nice kind of ice cream, and on the outside of it, it has like uh, sort of an ice block kind of thing. So it's like a watery, or would be like water based kind of coating on it. They're really tasty. Pine lime flavor. That's the way to go. Yummy. <laughs> this is a fun part of the podcast. It's like describe something to me that you that you have there that is like where I have no context clue. This is this is becoming a fun game, and I'm looking forward yeah, to playing yeah. with other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I can talk about food forever because I love it. Like my my Instagram is basically all just pictures of food and alcohol, or me consuming food and alcohol. So cool. a quality woman you are is what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm I'm more rounded. I'm I'm a Renaissance woman. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I sing in a band. I like to you know eat food, drink wine. Oh my gosh, I was about to hey, make a dating I, profile joke, but I'm like I don't even know dude, if you guys have Tinder over there. I'm sure you do. What? Oh, dude, come on! <laughs> the whole fucking world's got Tinder. Um, I don't have Tinder, but Yes, Tinder is a thing. We do have dating apps in Australia. We we have made it out of 1956. Um, only just though, if you're in Perth, because Perth is only made it to like 1958. Um, now I want Perth context clues for that. 
Well, <laughs> Perth is the capital of Western Australia. So Western Australia is one of our states. So we have seven, seven states and territories. Western Australia is one of them. Um, and its capital is Perth. Perth is basically just uh, an affluent country town, essentially. And I apologise to anybody from Perth that might be offended by this, that might listen to this podcast. Um, I like Perth, great place to visit, wouldn't want to live there. Uh, I've taken shows where I've got really good friends that live in Perth and, and that's fabulous for them. Um, but, like, Perth only got Sunday trading for their shops, uh, like, five years ago. So up until five years ago, they weren't allowed to, to trade on a Sunday. So you could be in Perth, the capital city of Western Australia, and not find a single shop open at any time on a Sunday. Oh, my God. It's like here they don't sell alcohol on Sundays. Sometimes yeah, sometimes afternoons, if you're, like, if you're, like, in the city, they'll be like, sure, we'll sell it to you because, you know, com- like capitalism. But, like, literally in, like, in small, small town Texas – you cannot find places that will sell alcohol on Sundays. So do you have, like, bars? Like, a bars a thing? Yeah, we, like, we have bars. Like, like the... ignorance. Like, you know, what I know of Texas comes from John Wayne movies, so. Oh, no. I hate to tell you, a lot of those movies were actually made in Ohio. They were not made what? here. I know. Isn't it awful? God. Most Westerns were not made in Texas. They will be, quote-unquote, in Texas, but they are not in Texas. They are in another part of the United States where it has more of that canyony look. Because let me tell you, a lot of Texas does not have that look at all. I'm devastated now. It's it's the Hollywood magic of, let me tell you, we're in a place when we're not in a place. (laughs) Yeah. Also, John Wayne was an ass, so, you know, I probably shouldn't reference him for anything. Ugh, honestly, I can't remember half of those Johns. They all have, like, the same name. <laughs> oh, he was a far-right-wing Republican. Oh. Uh, wow, how do you know more politics, about this I'm than sorry. I do? Yeah, I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit of a culture vulture, so I kind of absorb. Culture for a vulture. I love shit. it. Yeah. I love it. Um, anyway. What was I talking about? Food. I'm a Renaissance woman. That's right. I thought... Oh no, dating sites. Dating yeah. sites. Look, and I was. Like, we do have dating sites, and it's funny because you know that does sound like we've created a dating profile for me. You know, and and I can add on to that that like I can chop wood and can cook. So like uh, complete package. Complete package. You, do mm-hmm. you hear that, Australia? She is available. Go get her while you can. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Like only two people in Australia listen to my podcast. <laughs> And you're talking to one of them. So, I, you know, great. Fantastic. I'll just, I'll, yeah. I'll just keep dating myself then. That's... <laughs> so, so tell me, so tell me a little bit about, I, I don't know. Tell me something gay. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something gay. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm still a little sleepy. I wanted you to talk about your childhood, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. Whatever makes you happier to talk about. What do you What do you want me to What do you want to know? Everything. That's my problem. I want to know everything. Well, okay. If you want to edit this bit out, that's fine. But from those answers that I gave you from those questions, was there anything in particular that really kind of piqued your interest? Um. Only Only if you're willing to talk about it. I, I did appreciate the part of the conversation where you were opening up about your relationship with your mother and how it's not always been easy. And mm-hmm. while uh, this is a very, very pro-gay 
place, you know, I'm all, I'm also about, you know, this is life. You know, there are bad parts of life. There are, there are, you know, sometimes there's a struggle and just because you're one way doesn't mean like everyone's going to be good. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of thing. I don't, I, I get really, um, you don't have cautious. to share that. You do no, not have no, to it, share that. It, it's not about that. It's, I didn't really uh, say anything in those answers that I, I would not be necessarily happy to talk about. Um, I get cautious about how I answer this because I don't want it to be taken out of context. Um, because I don't, the, the, the fact of the matter is that yes, my mother's a lesbian. Yes. There was a good chunk of my, you know, young teen into mid teens where I lived with, uh, my mother and her partner. Um, and that wasn't, a positive experience, but it has less to do with them being lesbians and more to do with the fact that they didn't want to be parents. Um, and I think that's, and so that's where I get cautious because I don't ever want anybody to, to, to take it as a, um, same sex couples make bad parents. I'm, so I'm, because I'm, that's not true. And that their, their sexual orientation had absolutely nothing to do with their poor parenting. Um, so that, that's all I get worried about uh, because I know how easily people can – when I talk about this in, in places other than what I perceive this to be, which is a fairly safe space um, and because of, you know, what, what you're trying to do and, and therefore what you're, who, who your audience is, um, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm quite mindful about, the language that I use around it and, you know, making sure there's, there's appropriate context for it. Um, because yeah, the, the 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 poor parenting of me has nothing to do with mum being a lesbian and everything to do with the fact that she didn't want to be a mother, um, which is fine. You can keep that in. <laughs> I, I guess so that, I, I do understand what you're saying. That I I did get that impression too because my my mother was also that kind of person where it was like I could you could tell from her history that she. Didn't she didn't want to be a mother? She's she's told me on several occasions that my birth, while planned, was merely just a way to keep my father, which did not work. They got divorced when I was like one years old. But it's, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's taken me time. Like my mother's always been like she's the cool mom. She's like the best friend because she wasn't really <laughs> ever a mother. And I've come to terms with that bullshit yeah. as well. So yeah. I have it's a mother-in-law that's doing all that mothering for me now. <laughs> She's coming to stay for two weeks. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yay, team. Um, you need to clean more, I can tell. Um, oh, God. Yeah, look, it's, yeah I, I, guess, I guess for me in that, you know, in that whole talking about mothers and not being maternal, mum mum was always everybody else's. It was cool to everybody else, um, but I never got that. We, 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 we she, she's a very angry person uh, there's a lot of anger in her and and when I was little I would I would rile against her and I'm talking little you know like between zero and, and nine um I would I would rile against that and and fight her anger with my own anger um and then you know and, and this is as I said a little while ago I remember lots and lots of things just not faces and names um and then when I was nine, I kind of had an epiphany, I guess. 
Um, so I used to always say when I was living in LA, I'm just like my mother, I'm angry like my mother. Um, and her, her anger was, was very, it was like powder keg, it would just erupt. And, um, and, you know, I'd sort of say that I was just like her. And then I kind of, I had this moment where I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't, that's, this isn't healthy. This isn't okay. And, um, and so I stopped. But because I was nine, I didn't understand that all that emotion that you feel is, is still there. It's just, if you're not letting it out, it just kind of sits and festers. So that took me a long time to really understand. And then, you know, there, there was all of the, the teenage angst and, and the, the crap that happens to you when you're a teenager. And so that kind of, there was a lot of, a lot of repressed emotion there. Thank God for therapy, Erica. <laughs> I think I, I, I seriously put my therapist kids through private education. Thing. <laughs> they got a very good education because of my therapy session. But, um, but, I'm, but yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you worked through it. You know, I'm glad you took the steps to not be like your mother in a lot of ways. And I'm sure she's a charming lady now. Like, um, no, look, she's always charming. I mean, she's a Cameron. We're very charming people. <laughs> um, and, and modest, uh, as I always say. Uh, it's hard being as good looking and athletic. Um, <laughs> it's, she, so she is. She's very charming. She's very. She's very intelligent. She's very. You know. Um, she she makes a good impression on people, uh, but that's just not necessarily who she was at home, I guess. Um, so it's and you know so as a as a kid it was always kind of hard because you know my friends would always be like oh your mum's so cool because you know she lets you do whatever you want and it's like she's also really angry all the time and she sets no boundaries for me and I, and even as a kid I knew that was kind of wrong you know uh, so yeah but you know, we're not we're not particularly close I guess. Um, which I think is, is hard for her now because she sort of understands all the things that have created this sort of distance between us. Um, and I don't think she wants that distance, but she doesn't know how to fix it without admitting to herself that she was wrong and she would never in her life admit that she was wrong or did anything wrong. I, um, but that's like, I really relate to that. But I, I just I just want you to let you know that there is someone else, well, unffortunately, other people out there that have experiences and that you're you know, oh, you're not yeah. alone. That's that's essentially what this podcast is for, is just to let people realize yeah. that they're not alone. It's it's strange that I've run into people that have a lot of the same experiences as me. And it's really nice to see someone who says, Yeah, and like, you know, I'm I'm good for it. You know, like like, you know, yeah. bad shit happened, but I worked through it and here I am. Yeah, look, it's it's I I I totally get the um, and and I think that's kind of that's kind of what I like about what you're doing is that it, it gets that and and why I'm happy to talk about most things um, it, it is so that people understand that there's a there are shared experiences that we all have and and that there are people that uh, have have had similar experiences to you and have felt similar things to you and and that you know even though we can feel desperately alone in that point in those times we're not there there are if if you if 
with things like this, there are there are places for you to go to 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 hear other people speak on these things and to, and to see other people that that and to communicate with other people that um, that have had these shared experiences and and can therefore help you with that that experience that you're in. If even in just the way of going, yeah, that's a lot for you to, to unpackage. But hey, I'm here if you when you want to unpackage it. You know, like it's it's just simple stuff like that. Um, or just to be a, someone that goes, yep, it's a lot of crap and a lot of crap happened and, but you can't, you can come through it and there is always another side. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. I think it's important for humans to know that. Um, now just we, how to edit this together. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. It's just like I'm sitting here and I'm just like, you know what, this whole conversation is just going to be in here. Someone's going to be like, whoa, what just happened? Well, you should take your personal stuff out of it, though. It can just be weird little sound bites of me giving, you know, advice to humans. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's just that this one thing about an organic conversation, like if you miss even a part of it, somehow the translation gets lost. And you know what? That information... You know, it's just, it's not things I like to tell people, but you know, there, there it is. And you know, there's also a story in there about how you can recover from long, 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 long years of, but you can recover from that and you can start to rebuild bridges. Some of those bridges will never be able to be repaired, but some of them, you know, can be. So. Yeah. And I think it becomes less about rebuilding the bridge and just building a new one, you know, and, and, um, and it's it's about how do you about finding a way to 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 do that well how do you forgive forgiveness is a, it's a big thing you know but the thing the other thing is and, and I think this is important is that we don't we can forgive but we don't have to accept um you know it, it's and we don't have to have these people in our lives you know like it's there's no there's no law that says that they have to have a place if it do, if it's unhealthy for us to have them there um, and that's it's about and, and what's really hard about that is that we're constantly told that you know we should love our parents they're important you know like it's this is a fundamental and it's it's not you know if it's if it's unhealthy and if it's unhealthy for for the individual to have them there then find a way to not have them there and it's okay it's okay to not want them around. Um, and I think that's kind of a hard lesson as well. And that's a, it's a hard reality to, to come to. Um, but it's, it's important to know that. And that, and that stretches obviously to other people in our lives and other, other situations that we find ourselves in. But, you know, I think particularly with those that we're meant to be close to, you know, we're constantly bombarded with this idea that we're supposed to be close to our parents and our parents are supposed to be these, certain types of things and and learning that a they aren't and b we might not be and and c they might be completely opposite individuals to us and that's okay and it's also okay that you don't like who they are you don't have to have anything to do with you know the roads that everybody has to walk themselves unfortunately it's got very deep it's got very deep (laughs) You want me to lighten it up again? I, I mean, um, tell me, tell me about when was the first time you realized gay is a thing? You said your mother was a lesbian, so that kind of mm-hmm. so was that where it was? Was 
her? Um, or did you see it in other people first before you connected the dots? I I think in hindsight, I, I it was stuff that I'd seen um, younger than that. So I was 10 when she came out. Uh, she was 30. Um, and I think... You know, l- looking back, it had, it had been around me, obviously, when with my uncle um, and the community that he was part of. Um, there was a lot of queer people. Um, the, 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 goodness gracious, the, the artistic <laughs> uncle, the theatre uncle? The artistic uncle, yeah, yeah, the theatre uncle, ah! the performing, performing arts uncle. Well, he just um, fills, he fills that slot, like, perfectly, like, uh, like yeah, theatre-driven... Yeah. Gay uncle, like that's that's a trope you yeah. see in things, <laughs> right? He he wasn't um, he wasn't particularly flamboyant, but he uh, I and I don't think see. And this sad thing is that he died before I was old enough to actually have a a proper conversation with him about Aww. it. Um, so I was I was eighteen, eighteen nineteen when he passed. Eighteen, um, and. I, I myself at that point was in a pretty shitty place. Um, so wasn't really able to, and he had, he had, um, ALS, he had motor neurone disease and, um, which is a hideous way to die. And I don't wish that on anybody. Um, and he, he had what? So I'm, were, I'm sorry. If, if I stop. That's okay. He, he had ALS or motor neurone disease. Um, the same thing that Stephen Hawking had. Oh. Um, so it's a he just didn't live as long as Stephen Hawking. He, he suffered through it for two years before it eventually killed him. Um, so you know, as a from sort of sixteen to eighteen, I was kind of watching him die, and there was a there was a lot that went on in that time uh, in my life and and um, beyond that uh, and. So I never, we were never in a place where I was, I was, pardon me, able to, um, able to talk to him about about that kind of stuff. Uh, and and in in my teenage years, you know, I I, I think I'd had this because I had such a negative, up close and personal uh, experiences with with lesbianism through through my mother not being such a great role model and, and some of her friends not being particularly good role models either. Um, you know, I mean, there was, there was certainly a lot of things said to me as a, as a nearby 16 year old that shouldn't be said to a nearby 16 year old by anybody, be they male or female. Um, and, and that, and that kind of stuff really, you know, cause I was already in an emotionally precarious place um, prior to that. And, and then, you know, to, to sort of have these, uh, burgeoning emotions within myself that I I rapidly tried to squash because I'd had these um, not so positive role models, uh, and then to not be able to talk to someone who would have been a positive role model like my uncle about what his experience of of, of himself and his sexuality and then uh, kind of made me a bit sad that I didn't get to do that I guess but I didn't understand that at the time either you know I mean this is all stuff that. I've, I've come to learn about myself through through time and, and therapy. Um, but you know it's it's it, it made it made my um, 
it made my personal journey hard. Um, and I didn't really, I didn't really come to terms with, with my own sexuality until I was probably in my thirties, late twenties, early thirties. Uh, and what that meant and, and, and that it was, that it was okay for me to feel the things that I felt and to, to think the way that I think. And, um, and that it was all right for that to belong within me, uh, and that it, it, it was just and, and okay. Uh, so that actually took quite, quite a bit of time. And there was a, you know, there's all the horrible stories that, that go along with that that I don't know we necessarily want to get into. We can if you want, but I don't know that we necessarily want to. Only, only if you want to share, and quite frankly, if you don't want to, that's fine too. Like I'm, I'm really only about sharing things that people want to share. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I honestly don't mind. Like, it's, it's um, you know, they're, they're, they're experiences that happen to me and, um, you know, they're, they're, and I guess, you know, it's, it's like you were saying, it's that thing that people, it's important for people to know that they're not alone and that they're not, they're not experiencing things that other people haven't experienced and that there's a, there's a connectivity um, that exists. Uh, because I know that for some people it's, it's, it's hard to uh, keep perspective on that. Uh, and not allow, and so therefore not not allow it to uh, consume them in that. Uh, but it just, you know, it meant that as a as a teenager, I I made, and as a, in into my twenties, uh, I made really bad decisions. And in a in a society where putting yourself in certain situations meant that I was exposed to certain things, um, most of them of a sexual nature that weren't particularly. Uh, good um and it just it took time to and I, and I think you know in as negative and and hard as all of that is uh it's allowed me to be in a place now that is much stronger and much more self-aware and and comfortable with with how I think and feel and I don't I hope that other people don't have to go through things like that. But, um, you know, I know that people do and I, I think it's important that they know that you, you can get to the other side and that there's, there's positive things to be gotten out of it. But, yes, my teenage years were coming to, coming to terms with my sexuality was hard. It was a hard journey for me. But, uh, hey, I'm all good now. Sorry, I have inappropriate reactions to deep emotions, and I apologize. That's but right. I, I am, I am happy for you. I am incredibly happy for you that you've gotten to a place in your life where, yeah, I'm just a kick-ass person, and you're, you're just in a – I'm hoping you're in a really good place right now. So, I'm sitting on my bed, so it's pretty good. <laughs> yes, it's an amazing place. Ah. It really is. No, look, I yeah, yeah, I am, and and you know, I'm. It's, I am, and that's that's the. I think we take that from from all of this, you know. Like, I mean, I was I was a very very broken human, you know. Like, I had really bad habits and um, made just made some really poor choices um and and felt and a lot of those choices were 
were driven by, uh, I, I guess the easiest way to, to describe it was, was uh, low self-belief. So I, I've always had a, a healthy uh, external ego. So, you know, you could, if you were to talk to me when I was 21, I'd, I'd come across as being very confident and sure and, and when really I, I didn't think very much of myself at all. And um, to the point where I would, you know, put myself in situations where, where um, there were certain levels of, of different types of abuse um, because I thought that that's what I deserved. Like that was, that was my level of, of um, self-belief and, and it, it, just, it just took me some time to, to kind of work through that and, and go, you know what, that's, that's an unhealthy way of thinking. You need to, to start to reframe how you think about yourself. And, 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 and yes, I, I did go through two and a half years of very intensive therapy and, and that's confronting in all the ways that you can imagine that it's confronting. Um, but, but prior to that, I'd started to reframe how I thought about myself. Like I started to try and not use negative language um, when talking about myself. But that, that really got um, got supported and, and, and through starting therapy. And then that whole thing of like you just need to rethink how you think about yourself. And, and it's knowing that or trying to educate yourself in the idea that you are okay in what you think and feel and, and that you are worth something. And that's, that's kind of that – that was for me the hard lesson. Which is, you know, it's it's. I always find it such a such a strange thing because I was, I'm blessed with a family that loved me for me, um, and I've always been, I was brought up in a in a world of love. There was I was always told that I was loved. I was I was always shown love. So I always find it fascinating that you know I could have so much self hate, um, when having been given so much love. I guess that's life. And now you don't know what to say. I just, I feel it. You know, I, like there's a lot of parts of that that I that I absolutely feel. Like it, it's, it definitely echoes a, a something that I've had before. Um, just trying to figure out how to put things into words. Words are, yeah. <laughs> words are hard. You don't have to. You don't have to put these in a word. I really did get bit by a horse when I was three. I apologize for that. I don't know why I'm <laughs> apologizing for a horse, but I apologize for that because it's it's crazy. Like my my wife, she got her she literally got stepped on by her giant ass horse, broke three of her toes, and she just mm. carried on through the rest of the day. And I'm just like, yeah. what? And she said, what are you gonna do? What is the doctor gonna do? Put him in a boot? She's like, it's it's an issue. It's the same thing. And I did not know her when this happened. She was like, what, 15? This is insanity. Some people will just, I don't know. I don't understand how you forgive creatures that have no idea what they're doing. They're just like completely unaware of anything they're doing at any given time. And it's just like they're walking, <laughs> they're walking death clumsies on toothpicks. It doesn't, they're lovely creatures. They're lovely creatures. <laughs> They're walking death clumsies on toothpicks. They are. You know, okay. <laughs> Below a horse's knee, there is no muscle. 
it's nothing but tendons just, that are literally pulled yeah, up like tendon and bone like, yeah like it's like marionettes you can't on strings. Eat that bit of the horse. i mean you technically can there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't eat horse and my wife if she heard me saying this would probably literally bang down this door again <laughs> I, I've got a feeling that you shouldn't let your wife listen to this podcast. Not this one, but the reasons, the main <laughs> reasons you shouldn't eat horse is because a lot of medicine given to horses are poisonous to people. So that's that's one of the reasons here. If, if we're not getting into the PETA talk about how you shouldn't, you know, eat your pets, it's like... Aren't there like butchers in like France and stuff that specialize in horse meat? I cannot say, but I do know that a good portion of unwanted horses here in America go to Mexico so they can eat it because it's illegal to sell horse meat in America. So I think it's illegal. I think it's yeah, very it's, frowned upon, but I know in Mexico, I know in Mexico they get most of our horses that are unwanted from, you know, auctions. And unfortunately, I feel bad for, I mean, not only the horses, but those people because they're like, like the main, the main, um, the main like, painkiller for horses is called Butte, and it's very, very, very poisonous to people. Like, they're, like in fact, like regular people can't get it. Like, only the vets are allowed to have it because that stuff could literally just drop a person dead. And so many of those horses, I don't know how long it takes for that shit to get out of a horse's system, but probably not long enough for them to be sold off and slaughtered to give to lots of other people. So... <laughs> I mean, that got to a serious level of conversation. That's, yeah. I, I'm Like, it's illegal to sell horse meat here in Australia. Really? You can but, eat kangaroos, but you can't eat horses. I mean, I'm not judging. The, yeah. <laughs> Judge away. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I constantly refer to myself as Judgey McJudgepants, so, you oh know, judge away. So, so it's illegal to eat horses in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. You can't sell horse legally in Australia. I mean, that's uh, hopefully you for the eat... same reason? Uh, who, no, probably. I mean, we do tend to shove them full of all sorts of things, particularly, you know, to get them to run faster and all that kind of business. But I can't be good for people. I don't, think, I don't think we should probably get into horse racing either by the, the feels of it. So. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we do like <laughs> we do like breed shows, so it's all about look how pretty I am. Not particularly, look how fast I can run. Yeah, right, right. Look at my horse's tails plaited nicer than yours. I mean, good good God. Can I, just a quick precursor for people who, like, love pretty horses with long tails. My wife literally spends almost an hour braiding her own horse's tail. Ugh, insanity. That's an amount of love that I just do not have for any loving creature. <laughs> She at least spend an hour braiding your hair. Like no, no, no. I mean, you know, it like, wouldn't even take her that you know, long. I would, that, I would hope that there's some kind of, you know, human equivalent that you're you get I mean, as I her mean, wife. It, it would be like probably five minutes of her braiding my hair, and then for her to tell me to stop whining because I have such tender hair. <laughs> just be like, you're just, fine. I'm getting, I'm getting concerned that there, there might not, you know, there's an uneven amount of love given to no, the horse. And, I, you know, I mean, I will not deny those horses probably do get more love than me, but I'm not, I'm not upset about it because I mean, she, okay. she left her country, she left her family, she left her home to be with me. So it's just like fun. I will give you lots yeah. of tiny horses to love. I say tiny. Three of them are bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I immediately thought they were like those miniature horses that people keep in their houses. I'm like, okay, this, no! this is just a whole lot weird that I don't know that I want to now be involved in. They, uh, no, you do not <laughs> let horses in your house. No. no people do. We've, had, we've had these horses. conversations. And I'm not talking about Shetland. Like, I'm talking no. about those tiny, weird fucking miniature horses that people breed. Oh, and like I feel the, sorry the for the horse. Because they're so angry at being small. Like, I, I feel them, and I just, they should, they do not belong in the house. I'm sorry, I'm only reiterating this. I reiterate this only because I've had this conversation with my wife. The horses do not come in the house. <laughs> do the horses come in the house when you're not there? Absolutely not, and that's mainly because I sure? think our floor would fall through. Because our floors are not built to hold up a literal tons of weight. <laughs> I, don't, so. I don't know. I've got a feeling that the horses, like, stick their head through the back door when you're not home. Um, like they're part the of the front door. Part is, of the, the front door is more likely. The back door is it's up to. There you go. You so you already know it. that you already know that it's a possibility. Don't put this kind of doubt into my mind. <laughs> no. Have I mentioned I'm a shitster? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess we're both we're both shitsters here. See, you've taken the shitster on board. This is good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we do, I don't get koalas outside my door. We we do get kangaroos in in fairly uh, heavily populated areas. We particularly get wallabies in heavily populated. That has populated to be a pain areas. in the ass because we get deer out here and it's awful. It's yeah. awful. I, don't hit them with cars. So it's I have no cool. I have no love for bambies at all. No. Oh, they're tasty though. Oh my god, they're tasty. Oh my gosh, I've had too much of it. It's you know, it's it's okay. Uh, it's okay. I love it. You know, nicely sort of sliced up, quickly cooked on the barbecue, served with a bit of beetroot relish. It's good times. I wish I could have it like that. For some reason, everyone out here just turns it into beef jerky, and I'm like, why? What? I don't know. No. Just beef jerky all venison. the time. Oh. No, just venison. Like, that's a good way to do kangaroo, actually. It's oh. like you just sort of slice it up, and then you really quickly cook it on a nice high heat. So it's still quite bloody, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, nice fresh bread roll, bit of beetroot relish. Good times. Good, good times. And this has been Food on the Barbie with Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Renaissance woman. Don't forget that. <laughs> Renaissance woman. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't hit a kangaroo or a wallaby with the car. Like, you will, you will come off second best. Oh, wow. And, like, really? with a kangaroo, those fuckers will just look at you and then just bounce away. They're like, what the fuck? I'm really? a kangaroo. I'm yeah, yeah. They're huge. Like a male kangaroo is huge. It's taller than and you? People, like, I'm a short ass. Most things are taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five foot six, dude. Like life is taller than me. Um, You're taller than me. How tall are you? I'm like five five. Oh, you tiny. I mean, my, my wife is my wife is 4'11", and she takes on creatures what? three times her size. That's – so you – okay. I'm not going to say the words that were in my mouth. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Maybe no, I'll edit them out. Go ahead. No, because it's cruel. <laughs> I still want you to like me for uh, now. <laughs> well, we're already Save there. Save that up for I'll save okay. that for later. We'll save it for later. Um, yeah, I'm stuck on the four foot eleven. 
It's an adorable size. So she's a jockey, which is great. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess she could be if she wanted to, but she's just like, no, she doesn't like racing horses. Man, I could sit here and talk all day. I, that is my problem in life, that I could literally talk to people just like all freaking day. Um, yeah, but this is, this is why you've got a hobby that I think you probably want to turn into a job, so. A job? Yeah. God, if I have to like, if I get paid to talk to people, it's, it. not a, it's not a hobby anymore, yeah. is it? Yeah, but like then it's, you know, paying for your floors. Mm. Horses breaking. No. When you're not there, the horses are coming in. Do not put that in the air. Do not put that in the air. No, I know. It's out there. I'm gonna have to have a literal talk to her. Talk to her now. You're gonna be looking for. You're gonna be looking for telltale signs. Like every time you leave and come home, you're gonna be like, "Can I smell horse in here?" (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um. Is that, is that like a random horse hair where it shouldn't be? Uh, well, honestly, I would be afraid of them pooping inside the house. Like, it's just, that's, I mean, horse poop is probably the most, how do I word this? Probably the most pleasant poop that ever comes from an animal to deal with because it doesn't really smell that bad and it turns into grass after a while, but it's just like, that's awful. I hate dealing it's with it. It's still poop. It's still poop and I still don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. We we did a film shoot once, and there was a camel in it. And I, I told the camel handler that because I've worked with animals before, and uh, I told the camel handler you need to give the the camel an enema before it comes on stage, um, because the the film shoot was actually meant to be a, a, a stage show, and the camel was part of the stage show. So there was lots of lights and, you know, loud music and all that kind of stuff. And I was like. Dude, you, you have to give this camel an enema. It's, it's going to shit itself when it walks on stage if you don't because everything will scare it and it's just going to not cope. And he's like, no, no, I know my camels. They're, they're, they're show camels. They, they, they can handle this. And I'm like, all right, but you're cleaning up its shit when it shits itself because I'm telling you it's going to do it. And he's like, no, no, you don't know my camels. And I'm like, okay. And what happened as soon as the camel walked on stage? See, this is the kind of story I was asking you to tell in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we got real dark and real serious. Um, yeah, no, and, and it shared so I'm just saying, like, I, I told you it was going to happen. They didn't clean it up. So now you have to shovel your camel's poo off my stage and clean it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It's good I can't, it's good I can't imagine camel poop to be any more pleasant than anything else. It's pretty rancid. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's ripe. We'll go with ripe, and we'll leave it at that. But yeah, you know, we've had. I did a. I did Wizard of Oz one year, and well, a bit more than that. But um, the one of our Toto's used to get quite nervous, and and he pooed himself as well. Oh God! Don't work with animals. It's so true. I mean, so, I'm surrounded by them. Shouldn't live with them either. <laughs> Well, I mean, the horses come into the house, so, you know. All right. We're finishing this conversation now. Um, so do, no, you want, there... do you want to plug in anything, like where they can find you or anything? Or are you just going to be like, sorry, uh, no. <laughs> sorry. I'm completely enigmatic and you can't find me. No, no, no you, can find me on, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, just at Bright Cameron uh, is my Twitter handle. Uh, there's not really much there. I don't tweet about anything interesting. Uh, other than food and wine, really. 
Um, but Delicious. yeah, is there anything else that you, that you want us to touch on? Is there any any kind of like you know positive gay affirmation stuff that you want to do rather than all that heavy I mean, crap that we talked about? I mean, life is life. But... Sometimes we've we've heard we've, life is life. So sometimes the conversation is not always like one hundred percent pleasant, but there's been its ups and downs. So I mean, if you want to add something happy, happy, feel free. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. And uh, yeah, as we say in Australian theatre, chookers. What the? I need context clues. <laughs> so you know, you know, in theatre, you don't you don't say good luck because it's bad right. luck to say. Uh, so you say stuff like break a leg. Mm-hmm. Um, in Australia, we say chookers because back in the 1800s sort of turn of the century um chicken was really expensive to buy so like you know chicken now is really cheap but back then you know the only you had to be have a fair bit of money to afford chicken so before a show people would say chookers because if you had a full house it meant that you would might make enough money that you could buy chicken at the end of the at the end of the night so they would say chookers i love it I love it. Yeah. I love learning. I love, especially that shit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. When theatre's full of shit like that, like, you know, we're full of superstitions and, and traditions and stuff like that. Kind of cool crap. crap. But, um, but, yeah, so we say chookers here. And, and you know, another one is toy toy. That's that's more opera, though. Uh, I don't know shit about opera. Australian. Really? I don't know shit about Opera's- opera. Like, fan of the opera, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> isn't opera and it's terrible um <laughs> it's two years of my life that i'll never get back um but uh opera's great well i mean you know opera is like all music some of it's great and some of it's not and it's all completely subjective um like all art uh, mm-hmm. but yeah some opera is really good it's i i the thing about opera is and I, I don't know what it's what it's like in America, but certainly here it's um, been subverted from what it was originally intended as, which was which was music of the people. You know, was in in Italy you would fam- you would take your family to the opera and it'd be outdoors and you know you'd take picnics and um, it was accessible to everybody. Whereas it's become very um, elitist and exclusive here. It's very expensive to go to the opera here in Australia and. Um, just I imagine the Sydney Opera House is like all anyone knows of Australia. <laughs> right, and drop bears. Oh, so, God. Um, we've got special fences around the Opera House to stop the drop bears getting in. Oh, my um, freaking. Like, do you just guys just get off on this? Like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just really enjoy taunting people with the fact that there really is pretty much a species of everything here that's trying to kill you. You know, like, and we've just discovered a whole new species of snake. That will also kill you, you know. <laughs> like, where was it hiding this whole time? Western Australia. It's a big. It's a big state. There's a lot of it that isn't populated. It's easy for a snake to hide. I believe you. I would be cautious about saying that about an Australian. It's really hard <laughs> to tell what's, what's bullshit and what's true. Oh my so. god. Okay. Well, if you will let people know where they can find you, and we will try to wrap this up. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. Just uh, Bright Cameron is where you'll find me in the Twitterverse. You want to tell people how to spell it since it's not spelt like bright, like yeah, but shiny. Won't that be in your cliff notes? It's B-R-Y-T-E. 
Because he pees. <laughs> well, it That's was nice. it was so fantastic talking to you. I'm pretty sure it's like midnight over there right now, and I uh, it, it's quarter to one in the morning, but that's okay. whoops. But I I no, really okay. really appreciate you taking time to talk because like not a lot of people is like yeah before I go to bed tonight I'm gonna talk to this ridiculous girl in America about gay shit, but here we are. <laughs> I don't know, we didn't really talk about a lot of gay shit. Well, even so, that's some people, some people, go ahead. We talked about golden gay times, I think that's that's probably as gay as we got. Honestly, that's not true, not true. We got into some other gay (laughs) shit, and honestly, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know, just sometimes that's the thing about people, it's just like, it's just one facet of their life, and they have a whole other branch around it, and for some people, it's all of their life. And they have small little facets of things around them. That's just that's just yeah. how it is. Like I've I've really talked to people who said that they don't feel like that they're valid because they don't they're not gay twenty four seven. Like they see people on Twitter who was like everything in my life is gay, and they're like you know I'm not really I'm not really like that. It's just a thing I do in the bedroom. It's just the people I'm attracted to, and it's not really anything else. And you know it doesn't make them any less valid. It certainly doesn't. It doesn't make them any less, you know, this that's what they are. I mean, if you only want to, like, I don't know, pretty much say that you're gay when you're marrying a woman, that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's fine. That's what you do. But for people yeah. who need a little more validation, we're all here. So. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's there's no right or wrong way to do it. And um, and there's the, the best thing you can do is... is just find a way to, to, to be comfortable with who you are. And I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting for me because I don't, I don't sit um, inside the, the LGB community here in, in Sydney and, and I, don't, I don't actively seek it out. And, you know, I have a lot of gay friends. I live with two gay men, you know, like it's, um, it's not that I'm not part of the community, but I don't seek it out and I don't feel that it's, it's a place for me. Um, you know, and I think some of that's what I was exposed to of it when I was younger, and I think that some of that is what I see see of it as an adult. Um, you know, as a as a an adult that that has um, witnessed and, and, and experienced a lot um, within that community, um, and it just it doesn't it doesn't fit me. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't fit other people, and it doesn't mean that they don't need it, and it doesn't mean that it isn't valid. As you said, uh, so I think that's that's an important thing for people to, to recognise and and to not worry about conforming to to a stereotype or to a label. I think the other thing is that you know it's it's good to just be you. It's fine to just be you, and 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 not every you, not everybody's going to fit into a box, and not everybody can fit into a box or should fit into a box, uh, and that's all right if you don't so long as you're honest with yourself and that's the most important thing. Is that a good sound bite to finish with? <laughs> yes, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. It's been nice chatting. Especially, yes, there were words that were coming out of my mouth that didn't make sense for a second there. Yes. Thanks, was... for, get, thanks for getting up early to do this. That was, uh, that's kind of I cool. mean, I would have had to have gotten up and fed the horses eventually anyway. It's the joy of having creatures you can't sleep in. 
I don't like any of the words. That's <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't ha- I don't have children or pets, so, you know. Keep it going. Be you. Be you. Yeah. Dude. I ain't going to change. Um, so, like, like I said, you know, it's it's hard being this good-looking and athletic. <laughs> All right. Well, it was very, very, very wonderful talking to you. And, of course, we're, we're going to keep talking because, let's be real, I don't just disappear off of people's radar, although some of my guests probably wish I did. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very wonderful talking to you. And anyone else who's listening who liked this conversation, feel free to leave, you know, a comment on iTunes or iPod or wherever you listen to us. I think we're going to be expanding outwards if I can ever get off my ass and figure that out. And uh, hope to hear from everyone again very soon.